You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Hey guys, welcome to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. I am your host, Jen Rosenbaum, and today I am with the amazing Lauren Trantham. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Jen. So good to see you. Lauren is a good friend of mine. She is um, a photographer. That's how we met, but she's mostly an advocate for um, sex trafficking survivors. Is that what we call it? Okay, I want to make sure I'm getting Yes. Um, and I'm going to let you tell every, I'm going to let you tell everybody a little bit about you, but today I want to explain is a little bit of a different format for the podcast. And Lauren and I are going to be trying a bunch of these, but you know, I realized that over the past seven months or so I've interviewed some amazing women and I will continue to do so for the podcast, but I also want to be able to talk to you guys about the thoughts and the um, feelings that I have going on in my life, the things that led me to the shamelessly feminine movement. And I invited Lauren to sort of co-host these podcasts because she knows me so well. We have great chemistry and uh, I'm super excited to bring some of these to you. So before we get into today's topic, Lauren, tell everybody a little bit about you. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, like you said, my name is Lauren and I'm a photographer and actually so that the listeners understand everything I learned about photography, I learned from you, Jen. (laughs) So um, that's how we got started in our friendship. And uh, after I became a photographer, I decided that like you, I just wanted to photograph women and help them to celebrate who they are. And it became more about empowering than just taking the photos. And what I did was I started a personal project where I took that love of photography and I began to photograph survivors of domestic human trafficking. So I'm a motorcyclist as well. And so I started this project called Ride My Road. And I rode my Ducati Monster, my motorcycle, 10,000 miles across America. And on that trip, in about eight weeks, I photographed 36 survivors. So they were all women with the exception of one man. And uh, it really blossomed into this much bigger project where we're doing fundraising now and I'm getting other bikers on board and we're continuing to fight human trafficking using photography and fundraising. Yeah, that's amazing. You're incredible. And, you know, for anybody that even wonders what riding 10,000 miles is like around the country, give us like one word that would describe what that experience is even like. Because it's like, I don't even like being in the car for more than 20 minutes. I don't know how you did that. One word is brutal. It was brutal. I would have I mean, I don't in have a to good imagine. way. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So I'm really super excited to have you on um, as a co-host for these. And today, I thought to kind of kick this off, we would talk about a topic that, um, you know, really came to me today because I posted something on my Instagram that was pretty vulnerable today about um, my week. You know, and and I mentioned that, you know, we're so good at painting these pretty Instagram portraits and profiles and, and, you know, words and that, you know, I've never really done that. I've never really worried so much about, is this pretty? Is this neat? Is this clean? I worry about authenticity and am I being honest with people? And I don't really sugarcoat my Instagram feed. And today on my Instagram feed, I spoke about, um, which by the time people are listening to this is really a week ago, by the way, if you want to check out, (laughs) check out the post, but I spoke about, um, 
anger. Like I was angry this week. I was really angry at cancer and angry at um, just the fact that I spent half my week last week at Sloan and the fact that, you know, my breasts don't look normal and, and I feel old and, you know, just, just feeling really angry. And I think for the first time in, since this, since I've been diagnosed, really feeling angry and it's really part of the process. So I shouldn't be surprised by it, I guess, but, um, you know, just feeling angry and expressing that and how I'm, how I get out of the anger and how I, um, you know, how I, sorry, I heard the dog, it distracted me. I didn't see the dog cause he's on this dark couch and he's so dark. So I was like, what is that noise? Uh, <laughs> I, Lauren and I could see each other via video, even though you guys can't see it. And I see her cutie dog behind her. Um, but anyway, I'm talking, so sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. You know, talking about anger and you know, how I get out of it and how I don't let it consume me. And, you know, I do, I personally put up a lot of posts like this, um, trying to be authentic and telling people what's going on in my world real time. So today I thought the topic that we can talk about would be what I call real versus real, right? R-E-E-L versus R-E-A-L. So highlight real versus real life. And you know, how we decide like what we see on Instagram, is it real or is it real? You know, and I know you've had some experiences with this. I can think of one experience in particular, which I don't know if you want to talk about, but um, with a motorcyclist that you had followed, um, you want to tell tell us a little bit about that or, you know, what what is your take on this? I know you do a lot of work with social media and um, obviously you have difficult topics, you know, to talk about and, and, you know, trafficking and being a survivor. And I'm just wondering, you know, maybe we can have a little back and forth about that today. Yeah. I think it's really important to be real, first of all. And a lot of that I did learn from you, Jen, you know, the power of vulnerability, it really unites people. And so I have found that the more vulnerable I am on my social media, the more it endears me to people and the more kind of effectiveness that I have in in spreading my message. So I do believe that it is important. Um, Something that I talk about when sharing vulnerabilities online, I try to make sure that I'm already through the challenge and I'm on the triumph side of it so that it is inspirational. Um, For me, like you mentioned, talking about human sex trafficking is really depressing. It's a horrific thing that happens in every city across America. But I know that if I depress people, they won't want to come back and learn about the message and how to how to fix this issue. So I have to always try to be inspirational. And as you know, that's not always the case in real life. Um, There's some really dark moments. And so I do have to navigate that fine line of what do I share? And it's challenging. Luckily, I learned from you (laughs) how to try to toe that line. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you put it in words like that. I never really thought about that, but it is true. It's like versus like just going on and saying, I need help. (laughs) This is a call for help, you know, saying, you know, I I went through this and I'm going to inspire you to be able to do the same thing. And it could be something you went through over a period of time, or it could be something you went through for like an hour. (laughs) But, you know, I think that, that we all have these struggles and it's really what you do with the struggles that makes you who you are and not just what you do with them, but being aware of you know what, I'm going through this or I'm talking about somebody that's going through something and what lesson can I learn from that and bring forward with me so that, you know, I know that every single thing that I go through, I know like this anger or cancer or whatever is serving me a purpose and it's training me for something else, right? Like I talk about a lot that I, I went through infertility 
about 10 years ago. And I went through a lot of difficult things with that, but I'm so grateful for it now because it was training for when I had to go through breast cancer, right? Like the, the flipping of the script and the changing your mind. And, you know, if I didn't go through all of that hard stuff, I don't know if I would have been able to get through this next hard stuff, you know, it would have been like, like, you know, when you go up the stairs, instead of taking one step at a time, you take like three steps at a time and how hard that is to do, you know, it would have been sort of like three steps at a time if I wasn't already trained to go through something difficult. Exactly. And I think that you have a lot of courage in the stuff that you share as well. And that probably does come from the stuff that you've already shared in the past. And it's truly inspirational to, to hear you say those things. Like, remember when you were first diagnosed, you went live on Facebook and that post went viral because people, people were drawn to that people. We want to feel it's, it's, it's part of who we are. And so the more you share, the more it allows us to share as well. Yeah. And I think that when they were drawn to it, they weren't drawn to necessarily me, which was not the point of it at all. So that's okay. But they were drawn to like, wow, she's a real person I'm a real person. This could happen to me too. And what do I need to know to, you know, be educated to make sure that this doesn't happen to me, or if it does happen to me that I take care of myself. And, you know, that is a gift because, because of that, since then I've gotten probably three to four messages a week from people that are like, I found a lump and I'm going to get a mammogram today. And I, you know, and thank you. And you know, you saved my life or you, you know, whatever it might be. And uh, I'm not trying to paint myself a hero. It's really about knowledge is power, you know, and I'm still constantly putting that message out there. And, and when you think about it that way, if I was scared in the moment to be real, right, like to have an ugly cry on Facebook and to really put myself out there and talk about my breasts of all things, you know, on Facebook, if I was, if I was too worried about that, then think about all those people that have messaged me since they wouldn't have known you know, and so when you look at authenticity as um, not just, you know, a way of life, but almost a purpose, you know, and an obligation to help the world, it takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah, this is something that I also, I mean, I know I just keep saying like, this is what I learned from you, Jen, but it's so true. Um, In sharing vulnerabilities and being authentic, especially when when you're running a business or something online, like you talk a lot about intention. And so when you can set an intention, it makes it easier to share those things. Like you had the intention of spreading this message. And so it gave you, I feel like what I saw was that it gave you the courage to talk about those things and have that ugly cry on Facebook because you had the intention behind it of helping others. And that was really beautiful. And I'm interested in this intention topic because I know like because you and I are close friends, like there's things that both of us go through in life that we don't share online that are, you know, other areas. And I think that really does come all the way back to intention. Like I might not share something that I'm struggling with because it doesn't relate to what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do online and what I'm trying to do with my message in that way. So could you talk to us a little bit about that? Like what do you share versus what don't you share? Such a good question because there's so much I don't share. Um, Uh, but you know, part of the reason, okay, I have rules. I have like these unwritten rules, right? I don't share things that involve other people when I don't have their permission. That's like number one. So for example, things in my marriage or things with my children, I might briefly talk about some of these things, but I don't really get into it. My daughter has been very specific about, I don't want to be on your social media. You know, she's a teenager. 
I do not blame her. <laughs> She's like, I just don't want to be on your social media. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, I, I get questions a lot, like, you know, what's, what's going on with your relationship or, you know, where do you live with your family? Like, I don't understand. I don't see any of this happening. And my answer is like, that's not applicable to what I want to put out in the world. You know, that's just, that's for me, that's my personal life. And it's okay for me to have a personal life and be authentic and vulnerable in the areas that I believe I have something to offer the world. But it doesn't mean that I have to go around and bear my soul about every single argument I have with everybody or a problem I'm having with my parents or, you know, my bank account or whatever it might be. If something of of that is applicable, I will certainly talk about it. I'm very open about all that stuff. But, um, you know, I just ask myself, is this the point? Is this the intention? Is this helping me? Is this moving me forward? And is this helping the people that are listening to me be better? And, you know, I'm all about shamelessly feminine. So I'm looking to reach women like you and me um, that typically, not always, but typically have their own businesses or have missions of their own. And they can relate to the things that I talk about. So yeah, I may talk sometimes about like parenting and how hard it is to be a working mom and, you know, balance and and all of work-life balance and all of that. But I'm not going to specifically talk about my daughter, you know, or post a picture of my daughter because really that's her life. It's not my business to share what she's going through, Um, you know, until it is, as I always say, (laughs) you know, and it's, it does, it's not my, it's not my job. It's not my story until it is. Once it's my story, then then I I can share it. But if it's not my story, it's not my thing. It's not, it's not, you know, I'm not like a shock jock. I'm not like, you know, like Howard Stern, who just goes on and tells every little detail of his life that, I mean, as far as we know, but like, you know, sex life and and, personal conversations, because the problem is if I did that, then I wouldn't have any trust in my real life with people. Then I would, nobody would want to talk to me about anything, you know, so I'm careful about that. But, you know, I remember we, uh, I taught a workshop once and you were there and somebody asked a question. They said something like, um, and you can, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was something like, you know, how do you, you put everything out there online? Like, how do you decide what you're going to say? Like personal life versus, you know, work life or something. It was something like that. Right. And I said something like, I don't understand the question. You know, and she was like, no, what I, <laughs> right. what, what I mean is like, how do you know? I'm like, no, no, no. And you were like, no, she doesn't understand the question because there are no, there's no two gens. There's only one gen. Like what you see is what you get. Right. I remember, yeah. um, I remember that was Lynette. Shout out to Lynette if you're listening. Um, <laughs> and I was just laughing. Like, I don't understand. She's like, what don't you understand? Why are you so stupid? You know, <laughs> you were just like, no, let me explain. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, what, what we see of you is is really who you are. And I can attest to that. So for those of you guys listening, like this is the real Jen. <laughs> the real Slim Shady, please stand up. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, and that's why I love you too. Cause what, you know, what I see is what you are, you know, like you put out these awesome, fun dancing videos and, you know, wearing your helmet and <laughs> all these, you know, fun things that you do and all these serious things you do. And, and you talked a lot about, um, you know, your divorce and, you know, relationships. And I really admire that because it's really difficult to put yourself out there. Uh, I don't know if you saw this week, because I want to kind of cover like um, current events also as current as they can be when I'm not listening to podcasts. I once in a while listen to the news, but 
uh, Wendy Williams came out this week saying that um, she is a, an addict and she's been living in a sober house. I don't know if you saw that, but um, she made the announcement on her show and it was so touch. I thought it was so touching, you know, that she can say, you know, I'm living in a sober house and I'm doing the show at the same time. And you either think that I am crazy or I am the bravest woman, you know, right now. And I was just like, hell yeah. Like this is amazing. And my respect for her went up like a thousand percent. Um, you know, when women can be authentic and be open, not just on social media though, like in real life, it really helps with better relationships. I think, you know, like, I think this is probably, ironically, I think it'll probably be the best thing that ever happened to her career. You know, if she can stay sober and and do a good job, I think that, you know, people will rally behind her. Yes, I agree with you. And that's why one of my favorite words is endearing, because the more human we can be, the more endearing we become to each other. And that's really how we grow. And that's how we build community, um, just the more human that we can be. And so she's she was successful in that. So I agree with you. I think this is going to launch her career to somewhere new. How do you know, like when you're going through your Instagram feed or, you know, any social media feed, how do you know when something is legit like what what tells you like oh yeah this person's real this person's not because we've all fallen for somebody who's not really real we've all done it like they have this perfect life and sometimes we even build it up in our own head what are like some indicators that you see when you go through social media that cue you in either way for me it's consistency like really how are they showing up each time sometimes you do see something and they drop like this bomb or whatever and you're like is that like what's happening here (laughs) Yeah. Right. But if they're that person consistently, then we have a good understanding of whether or not it's really authentic or not. So I really believe in consistency with your message. And, and if you're going to be like open hearted, you have to be open hearted. You can't just kind of be that way sometimes when it serves you, I think. So, I mean, that's what I'm always looking for. And it's hard because it's, it gets back to what you said about real versus real. How do we know? And I think that's why it's so important for influencers like you, like what you're doing in your message and saying like, hey, I am a real person and my life's not perfect, but I work really hard and it's really inspirational. How do you, like, how do you, what do you think? How do you, how can you tell? I mean, I'm from New York, Lauren. I think everybody's full of shit, you know, like I'm just like, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I'm always skeptical. Like, you know, I always say like, this is terrible to say, but I always say the second you see somebody posting on Facebook, that's like, I love my husband. He's the most amazing guy ever. I'm like, they're getting divorced. You know, like I'm sure I've said that to you before. You have, you have called it. I, you have called it. Like I can attest. You've been like, oh, there's, there's issues there. Yeah. And it's so funny because to get really personal, like I was even doing that and I didn't realize it. You know, you mentioned that I went through a divorce and it was a really awful time for me. And a lot of things came out about abuse. But when I look back at my social media, I was so doting right up until the end. And I had to have known that it wasn't going well. And that was my way of compensating. So some of it is just what we realize about ourselves as well and what we are doing on purpose versus subconscious. 
Yeah, right. Like I don't I don't mean that people are always doing it on purpose, but the second <laughs> I started being like, I love, I've been with her for 30 years and she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my whole life. And I just there's nobody more perfect. I'm like, what is going on there? You know? And sometimes I get mad, I get mad at myself because I'm like, oh, you're just a skeptical, obnoxious New Yorker, you know? But it's proven me right over and over and over again. You know, I'm like, you yeah. know, you really love somebody. I, listen, I get it. People put up pictures and go, oh, this guy's my everything or this girl's my, and I think it's so sweet. I really do. I think it's romantic and it's sweet, but there, <laughs> but there comes a point where you're like, why is this going on? Like every three days, like, this is like so weird. And you know, why don't you just put your phone down and turn to your partner and say, I love you <laughs> or put your phone down and put the dishes away. And then I'll believe you that you love me because you put the dishes away versus like telling Facebook, <laughs> that you, love me, you know, it just doesn't make sense. It's like, um, so that's one thing that I look for that I'm always like, well, what's happening here? Uh, the second yeah. thing is, um, you know, so I have, I have an Instagram page called, uh, short legs, tall dreams. It's for fashion. And it's, I'm a, I've dubbed myself a fashion influencer, which I'm not, by the way, let's be real. I'm what I call style-ish not stylish, but style-ish, uh, because I, re- I really don't have great style. But it pissed me off that like every time I was looking at these fashion influencers online, that they were all 22 years old, blonde, skinny, perfect, have amazing relationships and perfect white kitchens and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, where's, where's the real woman? Where's the woman that has hips and maybe fake boobs like me and, you know, is over 40 and is running around after two children and whose white kitchen is never clean. And, you know, where's that woman? So I decided that like, instead of just going through these influencers pages and bitching in my own head that I didn't like what I saw, that I was going to go after making a change because that's, you know, part of the shamelessly feminine movement. So, but I've realized that like, it's really hard to put authenticity out there in that way, because if you want to have enough content to put out there, you have to do things like batch content. Like I'll take a bunch of pictures in one day. So you might be seeing an outfit that I'm wearing that is never an outfit that I would wear that day because it's 40 degrees out and I'm showing you summer dresses, you know? So I realized that I started looking at a lot of accounts going like, is this even real? Like, is this girl even real, <laughs> like does, does people, especially like these accounts where they're always taking a picture in front of a pretty wall. I'm like, who lives in a city that has 85 different pretty walls? Or like, you know, you see these accounts where um, people are traveling, like every day they're in a new location. And then you start realizing, you know what, they're pulling pictures from two years ago or you're, they're just not telling anybody that it was two years ago. So sometimes right. things are authentic-ish, right? Like Somebody might have had a really good time on the Great Wall of China and they're sharing a picture. It's just right now she's sitting in, you know, the bathtub with her feet up and like, you know, her hair is in a bun. She looks like crap, you know. So for me, it's also important to say like, you know, this wasn't taken today or this isn't really where I'm at right now, but I'm going to share this with you. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit about it, but I just find it so interesting when you go through people's feeds when you really read it and you're really like, is this really happening right now? If you start asking, is this really real? Is this really what's going on? You know, I I said to my husband the other day, I was like, you know, what's so funny. These fashion influencers, they have a new outfit every single day. And then they show you their closet and it has like five things hanging in it. It's perfect. And the light is beautiful. And like, they have three pairs of shoes. And I'm like, that is not what their closet looks like. I'm sure of it because it can't, It, it can't, but people are falling for it. I want to be like that. You know, so I'm going to follow and I'm going to buy everything that you sell me. And 
oh, it just drives me nuts. So I guess for me, I'm a skeptic. Yeah, well, I think that's, did you watch the Fry Festival documentaries? There was one on Hulu and one on Netflix. And, and part of what they talked about was that people were kind of, and I don't think it's necessarily nice, but people were reveling in how poorly that went because it kind of like, it shone, it it shone that light on the fact that the influencer life is all fake. Did you watch those documentaries? I didn't, but I do know about it. Yeah. It's like on the to-do list. Yeah. It's, it's, you should watch them because they are fascinating. That whole influencer thing is exactly what you're talking about. But you know, even on my level, like I'm not an influencer. I have 4,000 Instagram followers and I have been doing that because okay, I've built my message, my ride my road message around that I'm a biker. And then I got injured and I couldn't ride my bike for about 20 months. Actually, last week on my birthday was the first time I rode my bike in 20 months, but I wanted to continue on with the work that I was doing. And I know that my target audience is bikers. And so I've been posting for the last 20 months. They're all throwback photos of me on bike trips. And it actually was really difficult for me. Like on the other end, I felt like I was a fake biker and that I, was, I wasn't being authentic. And people knew that I wasn't riding because I was still talking about that every, you know, every month or so I'd be, you know, and I always say like this picture is a throwback, but it's hard. It's hard on your self-esteem. So like the other side of that is like these people that are posting stuff that's not real, quote unquote, or it's like way back in the past, like it's not that great for your self-esteem either to feel like a fake. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Like if you know what I'm talking about. um, I do get it. And also like, you don't want to live in the past, you know, like you, I know for me, like on my photography, if I post a photo that I took six (laughs) years ago, I'm like, why am I posting a picture I took six years ago? Am I like, have I not progressed enough that I don't have enough new stuff, you know? But the truth is that Mm -hmm. I then remind myself, but it's still something that people should see. It's still something that has a message and it's okay for me to post that. And it doesn't always have to be new all the time, you know, but I think it's really about getting real with yourself. Like, what do you want to put out there? You know, how do you want it to be seen, Mm -hmm. perceived and, you know, um, just being honest about that with yourself. Yeah. And how you want to feel and like, why, you know, you and I talk about this a lot. Like, why do you, why do we do the things that we do? We have to question. So are you just putting out stuff because maybe you're depressed and that makes you feel better? And is that maybe the best way to deal with your depression is to seek, you know, social media likes. And so just getting really clear with how you're feeling and what you're doing with those feelings is so important. Yeah, totally. Oh man. I mean, it's like such a, um, it's such a crazy world that we live in that we can see, you know, we can kind of create these lives. I remember that you, um, and if you don't want to talk about it, it's cool. You can tell me, but I remember you were telling me that you had followed this woman, this biker who went on Instagram one day and was like, I've been faking it this whole time. Like I'm broke. And you know, can you, do you want to talk about that? Am I? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's a major moto influencer. She has, I think a hundred thousand or a couple hundred thousand and she's beautiful. She's an, she used to be a supermodel and now she rides bikes all around and you look at her and like, for me, it was like almost like a goddess kind of like, wow, that's the life I want. Like she's literally riding bikes 
and like killing it. And that's all I knew about her because that's what she posted. And then one day she did, she just like pulled the rug out and she said, I have $86 in my bank account. Um, I, my body is like beat to hell. I'm very unhappy. Like her relationship was crumbling. She found out that was an abusive situation. And it was just like earth shattering, like, oh my gosh, yes, thank you for being honest. Because then honestly, I felt better about myself. I felt better about the work that I'm doing and that, yeah, okay, she's beautiful, but I have great things going on too. And it just really, it was just real. And it made me feel better about myself. And I don't know if that's necessarily good. And it's not like I was happy that she was struggling, but I was happy to know that there wasn't this fantasy out there. First of all, you're beautiful too. But second of all, <laughs> um, I remember I was with you that day and you were like, dude, like, what the heck? This is like, it was almost like for you, it was like a mind blowing thing because it was like, you know, first of all, the realization that what you see is not always the reality of the world. And second of all, there was almost a little disappointment in like, does that mean it's not possible? you know, like, is this not possible? Is this, is this like, and then there was sort of the, like, I saw the process happen. Then it was sort of like a, you know what? I got this. I don't need to compare myself to her. I don't need to compare myself <laughs> to this fake reality right. that is actually happening. And so right. it's cool, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, I think the disappointment really was in the income. Cause I was like, she's able to make a living doing this like that really inspirational. And when I found out that, oh no, no, she had blown through all of her savings and she owed all of this money to all of these people and she was literally broke. Then I was kind of like, oh my gosh, this dream that I had sort of thought was possible. Maybe it isn't possible. And if she can't do it, then I can't do it. And there definitely was like a little bit of a downfall there for me. But then I kind of was able to rally and luckily you were there with me (laughs) um, to walk me through that. But yeah, it's just, that's real life. It was so lovely to see something real like that. Yeah. And, you know, I think we have to question like why we idolize these people and what for, you know, you said before, I'm not an influencer. I have 4,000 likes on Instagram or whatever, or followers on Instagram. But the thing is you are an influencer. If you have one person that follows you on Instagram, if you have 10 people that follow you on Instagram, a hundred people, whatever it might be, you don't need to have a hundred thousand people following you on a social media platform to consider yourself an influencer. What you're saying is going to influence somebody. It's going to land on them one way or another, regardless to how many people are reading it. Even if it's just one person, you know, I mean, I do a lot of public speaking and teaching and I could speak to a room of 800 people. And I always say, you know what, if one person walked out, with a difference of opinion or a difference of education or a difference of view or whatever it might be, or it feels motivated to change or, you know, whatever it is. If one person changes something after I did my job, you know, it's not about, okay, I want to sit here and teach and say something to 800 people. All 800 of you have to be impacted. That's never going to happen, you know, but we, it's something that I do take seriously, very seriously, what I say and what I put out there very well thought out because I know that I am an influencer, whether I'm getting paid to do it or not to do it. I know if people are reading what I'm writing, then I'm influencing them. You know, reg- I, you, this influ- yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I think this influencer title has really taken on a new meaning in 2019, you know, and it's, we have to remember we're all influencers. 
Yeah, that's so true. And that's why I, I actually, so working in the anti-human trafficking movement, um, this is really like a cultural problem. We have such a hyper-sexualized objectification, like situation happening. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are contributing to that and they're not being thoughtful about it. And so it's, I think it's like you said, like, it's important. I see, especially men like sharing things. And I'm like, you know, you know, like the younger people are watching you. And even if it is only two people. And so I definitely feel the reverse of that for sure. I wanted to ask you about curating stuff though. Like I mentioned that I only have 4,000 followers and I think that I don't have more followers because my page isn't quite so beautiful as it could be my Instagram page. And I, and I have sort of set that intention that I don't want to curate it. I don't want every photo to be the same filter and the same, you know, like every third photo has this much negative space. And I think for me, that's held me back because that's actually what people follow. And that's how you grow your followers is when you have a beautiful feed. So as a photographer, your feed is just beautiful by nature because you take gorgeous photos. Do you have any advice for people Um, that maybe aren't photographers that want to grow, but also don't want to curate. How do you feel about curated feeds? So interesting. I just listened to a podcast right before we did this about curating feeds and uh, somebody who I won't name, but is very well known in the industry and has a bajillion followers and is an Instagram goddess talks. She literally said, use all the same filters and keep your, you know, your feed color coordinated, coordinated. I can't say that word. And I have to be honest with you, for me, the second I see that, I think it's bullshit. Like nobody lives a life of only pink and white. Like if you're, if your whole life is only pink and white, either I'm only seeing a small part of your life or you're full of it. Like, because my life is full of colors, you know, or if your life is like dark and gray and black and white all the time, like, I don't believe you, you know, um, there's actually one photographer, Cara Marie, her whole feed is black and white. And what I love about her, I went to go see her in Texas her whole life is black and white. It's really the most unbelievable thing. Like she only wears black clothes, her like studio setups, all like you feel like you're in a black and white picture, (laughs) except for the people that have skin color. It's like everything really is black and white. And I'm like, it's so authentic. Like that is who she is, which is awesome that she does that. But besides her, I can't really think of anybody that I see their feed and go, wow, you know, like it must be awesome to have all tan clothes. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's not how... It's not how I do it. And I, you know, it's funny. Thank you for your compliment on my feed, but uh, I'm just looking at my feed actually while, while we're chatting because I often think, oh my gosh, you know, it's like not pretty and it's not, I just post what I'm thinking that day. Like, yes, I have pretty pictures, but it's not coordinated in one way, shape or form. But you know what? If people don't like it, they can go scratch, you know, like if that, if what my feed is about is about images and messages that make an impact. And if they don't like it because they're not all with the same filter, because by the way, I don't put any filters on my images, then I don't know. That's not, that's not the kind of person that I'm looking for. I'm not saying that there's not a place for that. I think it depends what you do and what you're putting out there. Um, but I don't know. There's just like, like there's a fashion influencer in Brooklyn that I follow who like everything is pink and white and like the most perfect shade of pink, you know? And I'm like, how on earth do you find everything in the world that's that perfect shade of pink and that's all you're wearing and that's all you're decorating your house with? It can't possibly be real. Like that can't be real. So when I see really- Sounds like a lot of work. Yes. So when I see really highly curated um, uh, feeds like that, that's one of the things that makes me go, hmm, is this real? 
is this real? You know, and but I think, again, it depends what you do. You know, if you're a fashion designer or you're a graphic artist or you're, you know, there's something about it that's like you have to have that impact, <clears throat> or that visual impact, go for it. But if you're trying to show like, you know, for example, me with boudoir photography, I want to show you, I want to talk to you about what's going on in my world that day, what what mood that is. I want to tell you the story of this woman. I'm not going to be like, well, I'm not going to share this story about this woman because it doesn't fit into my curation. You know, like for me, the way I look at Instagram is that each post is like a mini blog and you can look at them as a collection or you can, I would prefer people look at them one by one and see what the different comments are. Because really for me, the power is not just in the image. The image is what captures people, but I hope that they read the words. That's really more important to me. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that you have to do what works for you. And, and like I said, those curated um, I don't know. I was listening in this podcast. One of the women was like, I went out and bought macaroons to have pictures of macaroons. Cause that was the thing. I don't even like macaroons. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> like, that's the thing, you know, like stop buying macaroons and putting them on your feet. If you don't like them, you know, be real about it. Right. So that's my answer for that. It's so funny. It's so funny. You, you talk about people actually reading what you write. So I, my birthday was last week. And I did a post and I wrote a poem. And one of the things that I said in there that I, cause I am single, I've been single since my divorce and I'm kind of looking, you know, you know me, um, a little bit boy crazy, but I, um, I wrote in this poem that I'm looking for a boy who's actually going to read my poems. And it was like maybe two thirds down into the, the caption. And I got a couple of guys who I'm using air quotes that are like into me. And they were asking me questions. And I was like, it is so obvious that you didn't finish reading my poem. <laughs> and so it's like, how stupid. I was so annoyed. And like, yeah, so getting people to actually like read your stuff. And um, I mean, that's where the power comes. And, and those are the people because I have plenty of people that did read the full poem and wrote me beautiful messages about it. So that's, that's part of being real too. It's like you get to learn about like, who's actually finishing reading this caption. <laughs> You know, that's also like a really good um, qualifier and like a, a polarizer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you fail because you clearly didn't read the rest of my post. But um, but the thing is that it's it's such a great metaphor for life, really, because my people will read it. My people will read it. They'll understand it. They'll resonate with it. And if they don't, then they're not my people. And I'm okay with that. Not everybody right. can be my people. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Finish the post, Florence, future boyfriends out there. <laughs> I'm just looking for a, I'm just writing poems about boys who finish reading my poems. Like, <laughs> I can't even do that. I saw a meme the other day on, on Instagram that said like, girl, you're not crazy. Guys are just assholes. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Being single has been very, very interesting, especially because I am out there a little bit, right? The 4,000 followers and, and I, I travel around and I, you know, I ride bikes. And so I do attract this kind of specific kind of guy who like, I think that they're into the idea and that goes back to real versus real as well. Like meeting, meeting people that are just into you because of what you are putting online versus people who really want to get to know you. And like you said, like, it's about finding your people. And I'm still waiting to meet a guy that likes me for me, not just 
because I ride bikes and I do these things and that, you know, you and I've talked about that a lot. Like that's a big struggle as well. So it's hard when you put yourself out there too, and then you attract maybe these people that just still don't get it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's so true. And by the way, on the flip side of that, making sure you don't follow people. Like I want to give everybody permission right now to unfollow anybody that doesn't make you happy when you're scrolling through your feed. Right. Like, you know who I can't, I cannot follow is, um, Blake Lively. I feel like so bad when I look at her feed, her life looks so perfect that it makes me feel bad. So I just, I don't, I don't look at her stuff anymore. (laughs) Good. Amen. It's probably curated. It's probably fake. But I'm teasing. Sorry, Blake. Maybe it's awesome. I don't know. But you know, I even wonder. Like, I love Reese Witherspoon, and and sometimes I'm like, I wonder if she really posted this today, you know, or not. Like, it's it's just so interesting because anybody can just have an assistant and just you know. I mean, I don't even schedule posts because I'm afraid that if I schedule a post and I talk about something today and I schedule it for next week, it's not going to resonate with me next week. So I want to post it like today, live, real time you know, so I don't even schedule anymore. It's like, I shouldn't say anymore. I never did. You know, it's, it's uh, super interesting. I'm so glad that we had this chance to have this conversation. I hope that um, for you listening out there, that this resonates with you a little bit, that you're going to start questioning, what are you seeing? Is it real or is it real? Is it the highlight real? or is it real life? And, um, if you don't like it, just unfollow, but don't unfollow me or Lauren, because that's a bad idea. (laughs) Lauren, where can people find you on social media? It's my Instagram is, and my Facebook is called ride my road. Yeah. Everything is under there. And I just launched my new website yesterday where we're moving into a new direction and the new branding, it really is going to be, I'm going to try to figure out a way to make it less about me and more about other bikers. And so this will be my next challenge is how can I, how can I maintain my realness while talking about other people? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'll probably get some advice from you. I think you could do it. Guys, if you haven't yet, please join the Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group on Facebook. Just look up Shamelessly Feminine. We're there. And make sure you definitely um, give us five stars and uh, a review if you like the podcast. So other people will be inclined to listen also because we definitely want to help as many people as we can. Uh, Love you all. Lauren, thank you for joining me. I hope we get to do this again like soon, like maybe even now we'll record another one. You know me. <laughs> um, I'm teasing you guys. I hope that uh, you all have a great week, and Lauren and I will be back next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.